the thing that was really annoying uh, when I went to the the ramen place was that the the bill acceptor, like where you put your card in and all that stuff. Yeah. The card reader, it was a it was a pain in the butt. It was awful. It was making loud noises. The and it automatically when you put your your chip reader in there and ask for a tip, which okay. I'm fine with tipping, but the thing was so annoying and like there were four options and the fourth option was other the other were tip amounts and that's how you put a tip of zero it seems like this the owner whoever got this system was like this will help my employees get tipped so i can you know probably make them work at a lower wage but at the same time the thing that you're using is super annoying and complicated and even the workers are like yeah i'm sorry it's not a good reader and i'm like this is great customer service awesome being annoyed by a card reader <laughs> jeez sounds very passionate about this yeah I, yeah it was just inconvenient if you were going to do a gourmet ramen place and model it after japanese cuisine it better be convenient it sounds like it had like an old fax machine as its card reader making it, all the noises <laughs> that's the perfect description for it because <laughs> In Japan, everything is like vending machines is really popular. They mm-hmm. do have restaurants that have stuff that come in conveyor belts, which is pretty cool. But it just felt like a very American knockoff of how it should be done. And it was a catastrophe. It was so annoying. But that's just me. But anyways, besides that, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh, it's coming back. Yeah. Did you did you watch a, watch a lot of it as a kid? I watched every episode, just about. And if I didn't watch it as a kid, I watched it again as an adult. And then The Legend of Korra. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Legend of Korra, season four, pretty good. Oh, my gosh. Season one, kind of a show. I mean, usually the first seasons of shows are not as good as the end. We got introduced to a lot of cool stuff in The Last Airbender with Aang. Oh, yeah. The, The season one was really good. And there could be more action in it, but I thought it was great. Yeah. No, the world building, the characters, the writing, music. So with them remaking it on Netflix and doing a live action version of this, um, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely the, the M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> history of it that they're trying to avoid. But it seems like it's the original creators, and it seems like they're trying to put a lot of care and attention into how they do this, how they do the effects of all the bending. They're really trying to avoid. <laughs> uh, they're really trying to avoid making it look like M Night's bending. Yeah, because that well, was trash. Yeah, you know, the, their the original team is probably going to work on it a lot, but it's like here's Ang. His pseudo name is Kyle. <laughs> Kyle, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah I'm that last Airbender. Bruh. Oh, it's like the Dragon Ball Z remake they did, the live action version of that. Oh, where yeah, <laughs> where it looks like the kid from the Forbidden Kingdom. Yeah, if you've ever seen that movie. Oh yeah, with Jet Li, <laughs> and it's just the kid. He's just like, whoa! I just came here with my Pokemon cards. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, oh, <laughs> welcome everyone to the Summon Up Podcast. Uh, this is where we talk about movies, shows, games, and whatever the heck we want, including dead TV shows that we wish would come back and they are so that's a good thing you can find us on spotify itunes soundcloud and youtube i'm joined by my good friend john and i'm chris and we're your co-hosts for the day john how you doing i'm doing pretty good how about you chris i'm pretty stellar beautiful day we've had the best weather ah the best yeah this is the focal point at the beginning of my day before we came to do the podcast went sightseeing took a few pictures it was very very nice until I ran into a banking annoying thing, which ugh, it's like they put more caveats to more stuff, more third party things. That's why all my money is hidden under my mattress <laughs> or in gold. You know, you and every mobster out there just salt of the earth. So smart. We have a few stories today, though. Uh, one of them is going to be at the DC Cinematic Universe and how there'll be like two of them moving forward, which is kind of neat. It's different. It's industry-defining. Jeremy Renner may not return as Hawkeye. We'll have allegedly, not confirmed, but we'll look more into that. And then more Martin Scorsese stuff and how other directors have responded to movies, Marvel movies not being cinema. We'll talk more about that. But to start off first, 
going with the DC universe and the two cinematic, uh, two cinematic worlds that they're going to do moving forward. Yeah. So we found the story via we got this covered. Uh, so after they have kind of re- reflected on the critical flops uh, of the Justice League universe, like Suicide Squad and Justice League movie, Batman v Superman, uh, but also including also trying to consider the fan favorites of the of the franchise, like Wonder Woman, Shazam, Aquaman, those kind of standout breakout movie breakout movies. Uh, so they're going to split the DCEU into two different cinematic universes. The first being those uh, those movies connected to the characters based in the Justice League movie, uh, like Wonder Woman, like Shazam, like Aquaman, The Flash, yeah. those core core characters that have already been established. They're going to continue having their movies. But they're also going to create a new universe, uh, including the new Batman, Battenson, Matt Reeves' Batman, and also uh, potentially including the newly recast Superman that's going to be introduced in a new Supergirl movie that they're working on. Uh, so J.J. Abrams is is also reportedly uh, trying to find a new Superman, trying to recast this role. And he's going to be introduced in the Supergirl movie by rewriting some of the Kryptonian uh, mythology, which is uh, he's doing that right now with the son and the Spider-Man uh, comics comics. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to do that with Superman, too. It, I mean, he's definitely got a proven track record of that at this point. Well, Zack Snyder's already helped him out. Just get Russell Crowe to help out with um, being the architect of everything. Just a, a sad architect. He's so sad. What was his name? No, Cal L is supposed to be Superman. Yeah. Who was his father's name? Oh gosh, why something you... L. It, yeah, it's the L family. The L family, like mm-hmm. El, El Dorado and uh, El Salvador. I don't, I don't know that they're all connected, <laughs> but we, uh, can, we can go with that. Yeah, the first natural boy born in thousands of years, generations. I don't know if that's the line, but that's how it felt. It's like, oh gosh. Paraphrase. So including these black label standalone movies like Joker that they're doing, this is going to make three different cinematic universes under the DC uh, title, including all of the made for TV movies that they're doing, all of the CW shows. So there's so many different DC universes and titles and, and ways of viewing all this content now way more so than marvel they they, i feel like they're going more for unification and streamlining uh all of uh taking the netflix characters away um all the the runaway show cloak and dagger all of those shows have been canceled um oh wow oh yeah yeah so they're trying to simplify not cloak and dagger (laughs) cloak and so cloak and dagger sounds like the the spinoff to you know how they had uh the two stormtroopers from star wars yeah it's something in link or whatever Rhett and link no not no, Rhett and link. no oh not gosh. the youtubers but it was <laughs> it was something is they had really funny names but they're kind of like on their own sign thing kind of like rosencrantz and guildenstern okay from hamlet i feel like <laughs> i feel like that's what it could be for the dc universe these two dudes just walking into all the shit getting into shenanigans with all the dc people yeah like oh no i'm loitering and then here comes batman to beat me up i don't know but anyways, uh, so the whole Bat- Matt Reeves' Batman has kind of gone through a couple different drafts at this point where originally it was going to be kind of like a prequel into the Bat- uh, Ben Affleck Batman, and now it's going to be more of a like its own standalone, like a new version of Batman, uh, which is going to, again, spin off this entire new universe of characters, um, some a little bit more repetitive between the two universes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's going to be another Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman in it. Thank goodness. Uh, so I, I, what I think they're doing is trying to make the best of what they have while still capitalizing on the things that have been successful and not, not like dumping the whole uh, suicide squad that they're redoing now with uh, Margot Robbie and all those characters, Jai Courtney, uh, while also still trying to salvage their brand, but just, maybe rebranding it in a new way to where eventually uh, I mean they've got the flashpoint storyline that they can do is basically their own version of a reset button where down the road once everything gets settled and they get firmly established if they make a flashpoint movie in any number of the flash sequels that I'm sure he'll get uh, it'll basically just reset everything to where they could potentially unify all of their titles again that that's their way to uh, 
to bring back Robert Pattinson. Oh my gosh, Pattinson! I keep wanting to call the him Pattinson, Pattinson now. You gotta, you, it's just you gotta attach it with him. Kind of like too much. how we attach uh, George Clooney with like fine bourbon or something. The the coffee that he's he's uh, he advertising now. Oh yeah. You know what? He would be the type of person to put a coffee plant outside his window and be like, "I'm making my own coffee." I okay. grinded it up this morning. Took me one hour, but it's worth it. <laughs> so back to Justice League. Are we sure? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah. No. Enough. Uh, enough coffee talk. <laughs> so the the whole idea of Justice League, to me at least, has been well. I think to a lot of people, uh, it's always been this core group of characters five anywhere between five and seven characters forming the justice league but then eventually once it's spread the, the point of it is to include a vast number of characters whether they be secondary or kind of introduced as new versions of, of these characters like all the different green lanterns supergirl uh versus superman so they have this whole array of characters they can choose from to potentially replace uh ben affleck and uh henry cavill as those core members of the justice league in the original universe um now chris uh, what i'm wondering is do you think this splitting of the universes rather than trying to make a merger work and trying to uh keep the original alive in its own way do you think it's a viable solution do you think that they should have just recast and just not even explained it just move forward or do you think this is going to work uh as a as a new kind of solution moving forward and something that maybe uh, Marvel might be able to do later on. I think for me, I think they're making the right decision to do like a reboot. But I think, I think for DC, they're kind of in a catch twenty two, where you have certain people in the franchise that people love. Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, great. I can get behind Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I was able to turn my brain off of that movie. I enjoyed it. My my issue comes with that they're kind of doing a soft reboot because they're keeping certain aspects of it and getting rid of some of others. You know, it's not like the X-Men reboot where they're just like, oh, Days of Future Past, bam, here we go. Or they're saying X-Men First Class, this is the prequel, it's going to line up, and then you see what they did. They kind of reset the universe, but in a way of bringing the old with the new, but not with all the other garbage that came with it. They went ahead. It wasn't like, you know, five years after, look, it's... It's Storm and everyone else and Green Jay, blah, blah, blah. No, they'd go way into the future where Storm is much older, uh, Professor Xavier and Magneto. I thought the way that the X-Men universe reset was clever and I liked it. I really did. But for this DC, DC has a lot to navigate through. And I like the move. I just don't know if it's going to be successful. Yeah, I, I could tell it's for the fans. Like, Zack Snyder really, royally um, kind of took it in a direction I don't think people foresaw. And it was, it, it just, it didn't feel like DC to me when I watched the Batman series. I watched Batman Beyond when I was younger, and I don't remember it uh, as fondly as other shows I've seen. But I remember the aesthetic, and I remember watching DC saying, it takes complicated issues and it regurgitates it for young, for teenagers, uh, maybe for older kids. And that's the appeal to it, is that somewhere in this dark world, there is a morality that is fighting to be to the surface. Mm-hmm. And I hope with these different universes that they can capture some of that into a streamlined main story that holds on to that theme rather than Zack Snyder's movies, which... I didn't find a theme. It's kind of like, hey, there's a bad guy. Let's go beat him up. And that was disappointing to me. Yeah, and I think uh, definitely the the issue, one of the issues they're going to have going forward is trying to keep that quality uh, of facing those social issues in both of these universes and not feeling like one of them is just a carbon copy of the other. They both have to feel unique and individualized in their own way so that they, they can justify having two standalone semi-connected universes potentially that they could merge together later because i don't think they could ever do anything to merge the joker movie into an aquaman aquaman universe oh, absolutely it's not. two completely different fields so trying to find the balance between this is these are these are these characters 
they could potentially exist in the same universe, but for right now, they're going to exist separately and, but be on their own individual uh, streamlines, basically, to where this is unique and significant in its own way, but also the Snyder verse, whatever that he created can also still stand alone and is going to continue putting out good quality movies. Do you, do you, so you think the Snyder verse is going to continue? So, well, that's what I'm saying. So the, the movies that have spawned from those justice league characters will continue to have sequels like the wonder woman sequel. Aquaman is going to get a sequel. They're making a trench movie based off of those characters from Aquaman. Uh, the flash movie is going to happen eventually. Maybe Cyborg's going to get a movie. Those characters will still exist in their own universe. Yeah. But it, the aesthetic is definitely going to change to be a little bit more lighter than what Zack Snyder introduced originally. Um, oh, but, I see what you're saying now. Yeah, they're, so the characters they're gonna will reinvent stay the, same. the color palette while leaving behind uh, Justice League and Batman versus Superman. They're going to leave behind the Man of Steel. Which, well, so that yeah. kind of actually segues into my next question, which is are they just going do you think that they're just going to kind of put bruce and and uh clark kent off to the side and maybe mention them by name or do you think they're just not going to mention them at all because those were major heavy hitters in in this universe that suddenly aren't going to be in this movie or any connected movies moving forward so if they do a future justice league movie in that original universe do you think they're even going to bring them up? Do you think they're going to maybe just replace them with a similar character? How do you think they're going to go about juggling that? Man, that's a tough one. I think what I would like to see, because I have no idea what Warner Brothers is going to do. They yeah. could. I don't think they know what they're going to do exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's the big issue. But what I would, what I would like to see, and I think would be real nice, is for them to, that suggestion of not showing Superman would be great. Because mm-hmm. Game of Thrones did it with dragons, where everyone saw dragons, but it didn't affect the world until, you know, six seasons later. I would like to see that, but in the with Superman, where you know he's around, but he's gone. I think that would be a great way to bring gravity to a character that they have such an influence, but they're nowhere seen. So what is... It, it leaves a power gap, or a, a, a power vacuum, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. A power vacuum uh, between villains and heroes... I would like to see that mostly and because I really enjoyed in Zack Snyder's universe the god complex that Spider or Superman had Spider-Man <laughs> Superman had uh with the with just the the color palette that he used that people are worshiping him and I thought that was so cool and it was a concept that I hoped would carry the movie and in a way kind of had to level off with Lex Luthor and that movie is just a jumbled mess, but I really enjoyed that theme and I, I want to see the, the, the struggle. It's kind of like in the real world where you have two big players and this happens between the United States and the Soviet Union where they go into a country and then they leave and then everyone else has to be like, oh, so what do we do now? You know, it's a picking up the pieces and I think you do that with a character where you build him up to be so strong, which is Superman. And that's their key staple besides Batman in their universe. It's Superman and Batman. Those are your biggest key players. Take one of them out and they're still an influence. Mm-hmm. I think that's smart writing. But as I said, Warner Brothers, there's like a monkey with a handgun. You know what they're going to do. <laughs> so you think that they are still going to keep the character of Clark Kent and Superman in the universe, just never give him any screen time that you think they're still going to mention him, but find some way to kind of write him out of any situation. Justice justice league might come into down the road. I would like them to do that because if they don't, and if they just introduce him right away, it, it, there, there, there's not much difference between what they did with Zack Snyder. They need to do something different mm-hmm. and introducing it. You need to find your Superman then right away and make the story about him. I don't think you can have two leading personalities take control like the way Marvel did it between Captain America and Iron Man. They yeah. did that beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I can't see that with uh, Superman and Batman now because right now of the characters that they have in the universe, I believe in Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I would like to see her tackle more stuff than Superman or Batman. Yeah, I think what they could do is just kind of take Shazam 
and put him into that role and that would automatically kind of brighten up the whole universe give the whole team Ooh, more that's hope cool. so he's still he's he's that's on that same power level as superman they fought a lot of times in the comics and it's for the most part it's always ended pretty equally or one person's had to go away to save civilians and so the fights ended um but for him to kind of come in and fill that power void to where they can explain that Superman maybe left the planet to go search for other alien life or other Kryptonians out in the universe. So Shazam could then step in, uh, sit in that same power level that Superman was at, fill that same role, maybe not as the team leader because he's still a kid. And I think somebody like Wonder Woman or Aquaman could take better take that mantle. Uh, but they, they still have to contend with the Batman hole. And how do you fill that void uh, there's not really anybody that they have right now in the cinematic universe that could transition into that role. But I think they could either, one, introduce a new Green Arrow since he's ending on the TV show. This is the last Ooh, season. Make a Green Arrow. I like that. So they That's pretty much the most comparable, one of the most comparable characters. They could also uh, introduce Nightwing. I feel like he's probably out there somewhere in the universe. Nightwing. Just, Nightwing. The, the Robin that grew up and became a, oh. a new character. Sorry, I was thinking of... Um i was thinking of a different character from the marvel cinematic universe that's or from the marvel universe that's like the la the la hero oh okay it's like something wing i forget sure or night hero i don't know sure one of those one of those knights or wings or something yeah there's so many characters out there that i lose i lose my mind i'm not the biggest comic book reader i don't even read comics but i just like the movies i watch a lot of movies read a lot of wikipedia that's how I get my information. That's how we do the oh, yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia. Ah, classy. I also think that maybe besides anybody from the the Bat family, uh, like Batgirl or Batwing now that's been introduced, um, maybe somebody like The Question, who's kind of like the DC uh, Universe version of Rorschach, uh, mm. who's a detective. He's got that strong detective side, but he's um, a little bit darker. Uh, I don't I don't really know how they may be able to work that in, but he's probably the closest as far as like a strong detective in the universe. Like a noir type of scene. Yeah. Like his story's going to resemble that kind of color palette in storytelling. So it'll, it'll probably depend on what they, what direction they kind of want to go in and, and who, what kind of level of role that they want to give to whoever's going to fill that void or if they even want to fill it at all. Maybe they just want to stick with those main char- uh, characters that are left and just kind of throw Shazam in there. Maybe Green Lantern, since they've queued that up in justice league but never really paid it off that'd be great yeah and i know they've they're still working on their own green lantern standalone movie it just i guess it really depends on how big they want the justice league to grow to and if they want it to become that fully fledged like organization that it is in the comics and in the justice league tv show that it was or if they want it just to be still that contained team that it's been so far hmm a lot of unknowns right now yeah i mean they're still fleshing it out even though marvel's like all right round two everyone get oh hold gosh. on to your butts <laughs> yeah which i'm glad that they're from what the one of the producers in marvel has said so far they're going to take quite an extended break before they have another infinity war level event they're thinking anywhere between anywhere around 10 more years between we see that major event type movie again which i'm i'm gl- very thankful for they definitely They've earned a bit of a, a bit more breathing room uh, since Endgame ended, and now they can go back into those character stories and introduce new people and work again to, towards that level. And I think, I think Marvel needs a bit more of a break. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're essentially taking like two years off by only. I mean, I know they just came out with Endgame. You know, it's so weird to feel like it was a few months ago oh in gosh. April, yeah. and then they came out with Spider Man. But we're not getting another movie until, what, Black Widow next year? Yes. So that's kind of like their two-year... I feel like just releasing one movie in the Marvel Universe is enough to be like, that's a break. Mm-hmm. Because we just... Spider-Man came out right after Endgame. So you're going to say, the beginning of July, a movie came out. So we don't get another movie until Black Widow next spring. And then there's no movie after that until 2021, Correct. Yeah, well, I mean, they do have all the Disney Plus uh, services that are, those shows yeah. are starting next year. Oh, and I think they do have another Ant-Man and the Wasp. 
they're working on it but it's it's nothing that's in fully like it's not in pre-production right now they it's just, not even in pre-production no they for a little while they were saying that they weren't even going to make a third eight-man movie they were just going to maybe introduce him on the streaming service but now they've recently come out and said that they're going to make a movie so it's probably going to be another two years before maybe two to three years before you can see that probably phase five Man. i mean they have a lot of characters they're already introducing in phase four and five there's a lot to figure out there Oh, yeah. Especially with uh, Jeremy Renner and the allegations. Beautiful segue. So, uh, the main issue with Hawkeye maybe potentially not returning uh, off screen, there's been a bit of drama between his wife. Allegedly. Well, I think think the drama is kind of confirmed, but the whole uh, Disney doing a recast because of it is rumor. Yes, thank you for clarifying. So <laughs> what's been going on is that uh, Jeremy Renner's wife has come out uh, to the public as saying that while Renner was kind of hopped up on coke and drunk, he came out with a gun, said he was going to kill himself, said he was going to kill his wife, all the while his their daughter was in another room. Oh my gosh. He shot a gun up at the ceiling, so he actually fired the firearm, according to her. Um, she felt, obviously, very, felt very unsafe. Uh, she says that he left uh, cocaine out in the bathroom counter within their daughter's reach. She's saying all, all of these things, and it's still in court. They're still figuring out the details, so there's there's no reason to say one side or the other is 100% right. But this does open the discussion of if this is true, and if he did all these things, then are they going to continue having him in the Hawkeye TV show, in the future movies that may include him, or... Are they just going to recast him? Are they going to uh, kind of write him out of the universe? Um, so the, I guess the the first big question is they have that Hawkeye TV show, I believe airing in 2021, um, with, that's supposed to introduce Kate Bishop as the new Hawkeye that's going to take yes. over for him. So is do you feel like, given his story arc at the end of Endgame, do you feel like it's safe to just write him out of the situation and maybe have his... Um, uh, like uh, legacy be the thing that inspires Kate Bishop to take up this mantle without actually him being there to train her and to pass on the torch physically to her? Uh, or do you feel like he needs to be there maybe for a limited time just to start out the, the series and then write him out? Or do you think he shouldn't even be there at all? Well, I mean, for Disney, after the issues that came out with james gunn and bringing mm-hmm. him back on after firing him because Gwyneth group got these tweets and all this stuff you can't companies need to learn that you know they're they need to respond appropriately so jeremy renner's going through this stuff totally get it it could but the thing is it could be all bs you don't know he it, maybe maybe he did maybe he did fire gun do all this crazy stuff like coke out he basically had a uh disney star breakdown but as an adult well we should also say uh that he has come out as saying that his wife is uh sexually and mentally disturbed that she's just after his money yeah so he's saying she's saying all these things about him but he's also saying that she is not right and not to really believe what she's saying so there's a lot of uh back and forth on both sides of this which is why it's so hard to come out with the definitive stance on this right now because there's nothing public that says Renner was right or she was right. Yeah, they, uh, Disney has to wait. Oh, Be yeah. patient. And you're going to do a Hawkeye series? Yeah, you can do that. And you could have someone be take up the mantle, mm-hmm. as you said. You know, And I believe the Hawkeye character, he lost his family once. And he never wants to lose it again. You could do that for putting him in hiding or not being around for the first couple of seasons. And if the stuff with Renner goes really, really poorly, you introduce a new Hawkeye. Or someone else who's trying to fill the mantle, or someone who knew Hawkeye, uh, or you know, let's say everything goes well in Jeremy Renner's favor, you can reintroduce him as Hawkeye, but as that mentor state, because right now you have a lot of things in the Marvel universe where people, uh, mentors, are gone. You mm-hmm. know, for Spider-Man, you know, Iron Man is gone. Yeah. Peter Parker's alone. He's got to figure it out now by himself with the help of Happy and hopefully the other Avengers. Lady Thor is coming out it'll be thor love and thunder and they're gonna have natalie portman how are they gonna pass thor yeah which is yeah like her actual name in the in the series so how are you gonna how are you gonna pass the torch there so that's where i think marvel you know 
has a lot of opportunity, but they also have to be careful not to be like, oh, Hawkeye was killed because Robert Downey G- Iron Man was killed. Yeah. You know, uh, no more Tony Stark. He's dead. So you've already done that. Don't do it again. Do something different. Well, it's hard when you don't have a uh, something like that definitive that's shown on screen. It's hard to then just come out and say later on down the road, oh, yeah, no, no, off screen, this happened. Yeah, it's totally fine. Just don't worry about him anymore. Um, but so- they got, they got to be patient. I, I think that if if the settlement or the if the rumor is true that they don't want to deal with Jeremy Renner, if it, something terrible happens, mm-hmm. um, that he's found guilty of something or, I don't know, maybe he loses a lot of money, just a bad PR image, Disney could say, we're introducing a new Hawkeye and they're going to recast and then they're back in the sh- and they're in the show. They show up, make a great cameo. It's like that thing I said about S- Superman where people are excited for this force that's just not in the show even though it's about them or the movie, whatever it might be. So I think Disney just be patient because people, any sensical, any, any, any human being with common sense knows that this is a touchy situation. You just can't jump into one side. You know, we understand, which is why I think if Disney just brings down the hammer, it's going to be another James Gunn situation where people are going to be like, how are you not doing your research on the situation? Yeah. Wait. I definitely agree with you. And I think they will wait for a court case to have a verdict, to be able to make a definitive decision. Granted, in Age of Ultron, in Civil War, he was brought out of retirement being with his family. And at the end, at the, uh, I guess the end of it, and Infinity War, it would have happened where his family was was dusted. Yeah. All of these things have happened to his family. And so it's, it's already established as such a strong part of his character that it's not really going to be that hard to say he's back in retirement with his family. He's done this time. He saved the world for the last time. And I think he's got enough of uh, a mantle that's been established that someone like Kate Bishop wouldn't, it wouldn't be that hard to explain how she just picked up the mantle on her own without him. And he still exists in the universe. And maybe they bring him back down the road. Maybe they bring it back as a recast person. Yeah. Um, I definitely think they have a lot of options uh, given the history of the character in the comics and and what they've already established in the MCU. So I, I don't, I'm not too worried about the character right now. I'm not worried about the series. I think the series is still going to happen regardless of what happens in court. Uh, but again, just kind of wait and see. Um, I'm definitely not drawing any conclusions about what's going on at this point. I want to make sure I have all the facts before I come to a conclusion personally about him as a person and his actions outside of the MCU. And granted, I don't think he has as much popularity as somebody like uh, Iron Man in, in the MCU that if he were suddenly just gone, as much as I hate to say it, <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people are going to be that upset if he was just up and gone because they already didn't really like him and a lot of other stuff. And granted, he's I think he's done a really good job of performing the character. I think the character's really good. Yeah. But I think as far as like mass appeal goes... I don't think that many people are going to be that upset if they just kind of write him out. I mean, do you think it's worth it for to do the complete recasting then? Oh, no. I think I think given his arc, I think it would be much better and much more fitting for his character if they just said he's in retirement, he's not coming back, rather than trying to force a new person into this, into this same uh, Clint Burton character. And then just try and explain it that way to then maybe just a movie or two down the road, have him be killed or actually retire. I mean, he's he's not like Spider-Man where he's not super young. He's at that point of his life where he's got the kids, he's got the wife, the farm, state. If he walks away, it's totally understandable. Yeah. I mean, they've, like I said, they've already tried to do that twice in the MCU and they've brought him back out. Yeah. So to do that a third time, I think, is probably pretty definitive and I think it'd be well-deserved for him as a character, at least. I agree with that, especially since, you know, Jeremy Renner's interpretation of the Hawkeye, or however Kevin Feige wrote it, was really good. And I I think a lot of people would agree that his character was a bright spot in Age of Ultron. Oh, you yeah. Know, for as much as people want to give that movie uh, for its crap writing or whatever, however they wrote people, that was the, that was the shining thing, is everyone's like... Man, you know this Hawkeye cool guy was pretty cool in Avengers, and he's even cooler now. 
he's got a family he's doing everything he's just like seems like the the uh the tim allen dad of the 90s and home improvement but he has super great accuracy well, I mean, and it's hard to give somebody that deep character development when they don't have their own standalone movie. So just like with the Hulk, what they're trying to do in the MCU, they're trying to give him all this rich backstory and these big event films. And it, it doesn't really do the character justice, which is why I'm, I'm looking forward to what they're going to be able to do on the Disney Plus uh, platform and giving all of these minor characters or more of the minor characters their own series to really expand on their their characters and their development um characters like wanda uh which is wanda vision the television show exactly um putting it into uh this like 1950s kind of feel putting it in uh what did they say it's going to be more like a sitcom kind of series initially and then watching it just psychologically just dissolve around her and just see it connect with the doctor strange multiverse of madness movie how they're going to be able to interweave all these shows and TV shows or TV shoot shows and movies. Now I think it's going to be really interesting to see moving forward. Yeah. That'll, that'll be nice moving forward. I'm, Disney plus is Disney plus is going to be a great experiment. I'm so stupidly excited for that. And I, but I hope, I hope when they kind of like how they did the Netflix, Netflix shows mm-hmm. uh, with Disney plus, I hope they learned you know, the successes from that and the failures and apply it uh, to their television shows. I don't want to get the same thing. I do want something different. Because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know what's a weird thing I was thinking about the other day? Hmm. Why didn't we see, like, a S.H.I.E.L.D. carrier come out into the battle in uh, in Endgame? S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't around. Why didn't... Oh, so you're asking why they didn't give more S.H.I.E.L.D. support in Endgame? Yeah, like in that final battle. Didn't you ever think about that? Okay, so to quote Wong when he's talking to Doctor Strange in that that part of the movie, you wanted more? Yeah. (laughs) Chris, they spent so much money getting all those people. I mean, it would have been cool, but practically, I mean, they had the one spaceship over with Thanos, uh, his home ship. But other than that, there really much what there really wasn't much use for another like aircraft carrier or helicarrier. I mean, the, the, the helicraft carrier would get destroyed. But give me a command center where Nick Fury is launching missiles at this thing. It was so busy already, though, just to have like cutaways to Nick Fury, who isn't really contributing, maybe like firing guns from long range, I think would have just kind of muddied the waters. Plus, Sam Jackson is super expensive to get as it is. So I'm sure that little minor cameo at the end, at the funeral scene, was probably a lot of money. And then maybe more screen time would be way more money. The, I I think I was happy with what they did, Chris. I know. I'm very happy with the way Endgame was. But I thought it, it was just on one of my drives. I was thinking about it at to work. I was like, S.H.I.E.L.D. was not in the Endgame final scene. I mean, that's fair. But then then you also could ask yourself, why wasn't any of the mil- any of the world's military involved? Yeah. Why was it where, only these superheroes? Where was the military? Where was Adam Warlock? Which I hope we get. I hope we well, get some... explained in, in Guardians 3. We better get a payoff for that because that the the way that cliffhanger was the cocoon because we got you and I both saw that movie together. and We were like, <gasps> oh, yeah. There's so many unpaid off Easter eggs that they've already set up that they're going to expand on in phase four and five that, I mean, they wouldn't have to introduce any new characters to pay off what they've already introduced and still be successful. Yeah. But you know who's not getting paid off? Who? Scorsese. Oh. For his comments. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But uh, so this is the other thing that was going on. Uh, and so they had a, just going more into the comments that Scorsese said and the backlash that he's getting is kind of like how I mentioned, um, I think I mentioned this off screen about Robert Downey Jr. and him clarifying comments made by Scorsese in the Howard Stern interview that he did. Well, let's, let's start off with what the situation was and what he said to kind of instigate all of these comments initially. So what he how do you remember exactly how the original comment was about him just saying comic book movies and specifically marvel just aren't cinema it was it was 
I I know I know about the comment. We have it here, but it yeah, just continue on because it it's very much clickbait what the internet did with it. Yeah, so th- that's why I wanted to write down the original comments so we could just read it. You can interpret it, interpret his words as as they were I said. Hate it. No, just kidding. Go on. <laughs> uh, so what he said uh, originally to Empire Magazine in in an interview. Um, was when asked about the MCU comic book movies and in general, he said, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of them as well, well, as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cri- or it isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. So, I mean, in general, it sounds like he has respect for the actor's work, for what they've done on screen, but it's really more about the directors and the writing and the producers and the behind-the-scenes kind of molding of the universe. I mean, um, I, w- I would, I would disagree. I disagree with his comments, but just like some people said, he's allowed. He's in, he's allowed to be entitled to his own opinion. Not every movie has to have Mickey Mouse with a baseball bat beating on someone like Joe Pesci. In all of Martin Scorsese's movies, you know, if that's what the raw human emotion is, I think that that's just one perspective. Well, and to be honest, like if this was just some YouTube commenter saying about how he didn't like the Marvel movies, which there have been plenty of, this wouldn't get any traction. But it's because he's a filmmaker and suddenly his opinion is this like defining view of Marvel movies it's just an opinion. That's all it is. He's allowed to have it. Yeah. They're just as justified as any other opinion that's out there, whether they be good or bad. Oh no, I'm I'm not I'm not oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not mad about the I'm not upset with the comment. He's allowed to have his opinion. And I think if you let's put another parallel out there. If you had Alfred Hitchcock out there today and he was commenting on something like paranormal activity. Yeah. He'd probably have his maybe a similar comment and then I would like to see his comment about hereditary you know, one of those scary movies that just killed it, or Midsummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the these older directors, cinema's moving in a new way, and maybe it's just not their cup of tea. Do I agree it's not cinema? No, I'm emotionally attached to some of these characters, and some of the and you know, f- for you it might be something. I remember when, you know, at the last place I worked at, we were working together, and I was more team. Uh, I was more. T- team iron man than captain america oh for civil war yeah yeah and you're just allowed to have that comment and different you're allowed to have those different perspectives but i was i understood the moral the moral compass that tony stark was trying to instill in everyone he wanted to protect people he wanted to stop more conflicts from arising and but he he knew that you needed to adapt captain america's kind of in a weird way, great metaphor for America is like, that's not the way we do it. Yeah. You know, that it's like, it's not the American way. It's kind of like with the vision, we don't trade lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have those philosophy. We have those mantras here in this country and captain America <laughs> emphasized it perfectly. And I, I felt more for Tony Stark. was like, you got to adapt. Times change. You know, we, if we have to lay down and we have to give up our stuff, that's what we got to do. And if something happens and it's not getting fixed, you know, we'll do something else. Yeah, exactly. I, I appreciate that kind I, of ideology. I definitely think that, uh, especially in Phase 1, those introductory, like Thor 1, Captain America 1, Iron Man 1, all of those movies tended to be a little bit more simplistic because they were just trying to introduce the character and the world, and they they weren't really able to delve as much into so much socio sociopolitical commentary or any of the kind of conflict going on in the world. But where you got to, um, again, like uh, Civil War, there was a lot of dialogue that we've been able to have based on that movie. And like uh, the opposing views of Tony and Cap, where Cap sees things black and white of this is what's right, this is what's wrong, I'm always going to go with what's right. And Tony, Tony was able to see the gray more, and he knew that you weren't always able to do things exactly right 100% of the time to get the job done in the end game in the long run. Yeah. Sometimes you have to sacrifice your own, I don't know, maybe personal uh, opinions about something to protect the greater good uh, where he, I, I think he knew the risks getting involved with AI and p- putting a suit of armor around the world, but he, he knew that the risks out 
were outweighed by the good potential of it. Well, he's he's testing something that's never been done. And that's also the Tony Stark character. He's like, it's never been done before. Might as well do it. Yeah. You know, very, very forward thinking. Kind of like a more engaging and exciting George Lucas. Yeah. Yeah. More charismatic for sure. Oh, yeah. But the, we could talk all day about how we feel about that. But I, I like the second comment because it kind of delves into a way where when Scorsese said what he said and you're like, Oh, he's just a normal guy rather than just taking that headline. Yeah. So he, he made that original comments and obviously I'm sure got a lot of backlash, uh, based on his opinions from all these other actors, all these other directors from Bob Iger specifically. Um, and so he came back out, um, to entertainment tonight, uh, in another interview he was doing. And when he was asked about a follow up to that, he said, well, look, the point is, in terms of this film, Netflix, theaters, what I'm talking about really are films that are made. Let's say a family wants to go to an amusement park. That's a good thing, you know? And at, at theme parks, there's these, or as at themes and parks, there's these cinematic expressions. They're a new art form. It's something different from films that are shown normally in theaters. That's all. So he's... I think agree to a degree he's walking back what he said, but I think to a degree he's also just kind of clarifying what his original intentions were. I feel like Martin Scorsese has only been to Islands of Adventure in Florida, yes. where he's only gone to the comic book world part of the theme park, and he's only stayed there. And he's just like, amusement parks, yeah, that's what they all are, right? I was thinking about that earlier today, too. <laughs> I, I definitely think he hasn't been to many theme parks in his life. I- <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> He's never been to a Six Flags, never been to like King's Dominion or anything, anything like that. He's just very specific worldview of this is what theme parks are, right? He's like, he's like, <laughs> he he's thinking about the the Jurassic Park yeah. part, part of a <laughs> Isles of Adventure. Like, no, that's not based off a movie. It's an amusement park. So, what if he's know. just thinking about Jurassic Park and Michael that Cri- idea of like a drive through kind of... Uh, My- amusement park michael crichton we've got to genetically bring him back as a dinosaur to go like martin scorsese <laughs> hunt him down with the laser god yeah that which movie. i i agree with his statement that the comic book movie genre is a new art form absolutely it's definitely not comparable in a lot of ways to what's been put out before um i think it it definitely created its own genre when it came out but it's just adapting these stories that have already existed. So it's not like they're, they've created something brand new. They're just putting it in a new uh, type it, of... It works. Exactly. Exactly. They're adapting something that's been on paper, pen and paper and pictures, putting it on the cinema and doing it in a way that's compelling. And obviously the popularity has spoken for itself and that all of these people are flocking to theaters to see these movies. So obviously they have a lot of draw and they're connectable or uh, relatable with so many people across the world. Do you at least think there's a hierarchy with the films? Kind of like what he's suggesting in his argument? I I think there might be a personal hierarchy in that everybody has their own opinions about what type of movies that they like. Um, I think as far as like a legitimate, this genre is better than this genre? No. I, I don't think there's a hierarchy. I don't think any type of art is better than any other type of art i think it's more either more relatable or just as a person you personally understand something a little bit more you maybe connect with it more so it means more to you um like we've talked about this before where we don't like to in a lot of ways horror movies yeah they're just (laughs) it's hard to for us to connect with those on an emotional level other than jump scares yes make me shit my pants for like a whole hour i love it exactly i I absolutely hate it we don't have that draw to that type of movie some people love it our our friend logan loves horror movies yeah which i don't understand that at all that horror slut i'm just kidding um but there's there's uh um there's definitely something that draws people to those movies and there's something that gives it significance and meaning and there's and we just don't connect with it in that way but that doesn't mean that it's anything less than what we like yeah it's all about opinions uh you know i'm i am more inclined i'm going to take the other part of this and to a degree i believe it not completely but i think there is kind of a hierarchy films and i don't mean that they're not cinema that's not true Mm -hmm. they're still films they're still cinema but I do believe that if you tell me which is going to be a better movie, you know, and I'll may take what most people think is the best in the MCU, you know, Infinity War, 
if you say, hey, you know, which do you think is a better film, Infinity War or Shawshank Redemption, I'm probably going to pick Shawshank Redemption. Well, yeah. And I don't mean as a, I mean as a hierarchy of films, it, both of these things are about the human spirit, the human element, you know, and the different conflicts that go in it. That's most movies. Or else you're going to make a really boring movie. Mm-hmm. There's just something about these other movies. Like people could talk about The Revenant. Uh, you know, we talk about Shawshank Redemption. You could talk about uh, Schindler's List. Goodfellas. There's something that about being grounded in reality that I think gives the movie more weight not more validity mm-hmm. i'm saying more weight when you talk about oscars award season all that stuff so to say that there is a hierarchy to a degree yes and i'm not saying that makes something an a movie a b movie c movie no but i do believe that comic book movies are that they're movies but what we define as a society this is a really overarching idea as like what is at the top of the list, we're probably going to choose something that's more grounded in our world. Like Game of Thrones, I think is very interesting because for television, it's great television. It's amazing. It's fantastic. Yeah. But then you have a large majority, maybe not majority, but a large portion of the country that says, hey, what's your favorite show? Oh my gosh, I love Friends. Or I love Seinfeld. There's so many people who are still on the Seinfeld train, which kind of surprises me but at the same time i get it i totally understand it but it's more relatable you're not on flying on a dragon and stuff like that but you get the metaphors and the different messages and the struggles even though you can't fly a dragon or defeat an ice king whatever that is and i think uh, i'm more inclined to say that you know i'm gonna stick with that argument if you ask me like (laughs) uh which is that better movie or whatever i'm gonna probably pick not the comic book movie i enjoy it probably more but i'm gonna have to say if you want me to choose uh and this is a very weird thing if you say what's a better movie infinity war or you know the last samurai with tom cruise which Mm -hmm. is a very obscure movie that i'm bringing out there okay or troy okay like i really love those movies and i like history but it's more grounded in seeing the emotions on people's face. There's no flying hammers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I still really love Endgame. And it'll still be one of my top movies. But I just have to go to the other side of the aisle on this one. So now, given that type of argument, how would you compare Joker to those other types of movies? Because that's a much more grounded human kind of story where if it wasn't, if the character wasn't called Joker, you wouldn't have believed that it was a comic movie. I think that of all the movies, comic book movies, the one that should... I think there are two movies you can bring in this category of Oscar winning. Joker and Black Panther. Okay. And the, the reason I bring up Black Panther is the cultural significance of it is huge. Mm-hmm. You know, it's something different. The feel of it, the themes of it, that you know, it takes colonialism and flips it on its side. And I was like, this is... A great take on this uh and the thoughts that you know kind of like the the what the 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 past haunts what uh a generation did a long time ago and that's a theme that in, it's in our history as humans for a long time you know yeah. something you did like 20 years is going to catch up to you i love that theme and joker for sure because joker hits on mental health it hits on the someone's real reality unraveling even though they just want a happy life, mm-hmm. you know they they want they want to go about their business. They want to enjoy things. I want to be on you know this show. I want to be on television. I want to see these people. I want to make people laugh. I have a destiny, and it just all goes to heck and uh, to hell. And you just get to see someone's transformation as it falls apart in their head, and they take on a new persona. I love that, and I think it's very different from these NC suits. MCU movies that are like Ant-Man or something. Very different. Yeah, it's it's a completely different experience, I would agree. And I think in the end, it all comes down to uh, writing, to the portrayal of the actor, to the directing, to the situation. Because Joker probably wouldn't be as relevant 
20 years ago as it is today, given the current climate and, and discussions about mental health and, and this uh, situation in society. Uh, and it might not be as relevant 20 years from now. Who knows? Maybe not even five years from now. But there's, I think for movies to be um, as relevant as they can be or as maybe as popular and as relatable, there has to be this kind of like perfect storm of creators, of uh, the situation in society, uh, the audience has to receive it a certain way, has to uh, come across a certain way. Um, I I mean, there's always going to be classics because there's always going to be this nostalgic connection you feel to certain movies. Maybe you saw it at a certain point in your life where you every time you see that movie it brings you back to that fond memory i feel like actually now that i'm thinking about it now i feel like the joker movie would probably better received 20 years ago okay i'll tell you why less media okay there's less less connectivity out there if you put this movie out there it goes it travels through word of mouth you know your mom's gonna see it your grandpa's gonna see it but you bring the whole family maybe don't bring kids but it's going to be at the dining room table as a discussion rather than like, oh, did you see what, you know, Chrissy Teigen said on Twitter? I feel like a movie like that 20 years ago would help fit into the vein of 90s movies that help distract us from everyday life and have a huge impact or tells a story that is like, oh my gosh, my heart. I feel like 20 years ago, the movie would be a lot better. Okay. It's just me personally. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's a good argument for it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, thank you, John. I appreciate you so much. I I validate your opinion, Chris. I I, I just I don't know something about the '90s about it, like movies just had a little bit more weight than I'm I'm used to. But nostalgia, nostalgia, dances with wolves, Independence Day, Goodfellas. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, um, I'm getting pretty late here, John. What you watching? So, uh, kind of what I've been watching for a while now uh, are the Arrowverse shows on the CW. They're building towards this new uh, kind of final. It's it's the DC's version of Infinity War called uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, and this is the uh, the end of this year is when it's actually happening, and it's uh, kind of the mid season finale for a lot of shows, and it's going to conclude early 2020. So I've been watching a lot of The Flash, a lot of The Arrow, um, and kind of watching these stories come to a close and paying off things they set up in season one of The Flash and uh, really just uh, watching this event level uh, spectacle happening on the television level now rather than on the the cinematic level, which Mm -hmm. is production wise is still just as great to me. And I'm really looking forward to how they're going to close this up and kind of put Arrow's story to a close to where it can spin off into a new direction with new characters and paying off these things that, like I said, they set up on the flash in season one, what, five, six years ago, six years ago. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and uh, kind of how that's going to pay off in the next couple months. Uh, Chris, what are you watching? So there's a few things going on uh, for me. Number one, sports. I'm just, I am watching sports. I'm going to talk about sports. You do that. So my Dolphins suck, and today they play the Steelers. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we are recording this on Monday. Uh, so I, after this, I'm going to watch that game. I'm excited for see how badly we're going to get destroyed, you know, to actually watch a game because most of the time they play while I'm working. The other thing that uh, I got to watch, what's just going on right now is the World Series. I don't really care much about baseball anymore after uh the city of miami destroyed the orange bowl to put up a new marlin stadium and i used to be a marlins fan but no more no moss but live moss uh (laughs) there's a man i heard a rumor i didn't do too much but i thought it was interesting that someone bet 25 million dollars on the houston astros to win the world series they are playing in the world series right now oh my gosh and if they win, the payout for this bet is something like nine hundred million dollars. What? Talk about talk about getting your your money's worth if you oh win. Oh my gosh! I know. Though you think of an investment like that, that's insane. And I I was thinking about like Wall Street is nothing like that. 
but I would like to see people just be like, oh, I'll put 25, 25 million. I lost all of it. Oh, no. I don't know. I was just thinking about something interesting along those lines. But yeah, I'm watching some sports, following some things. Uh, and along with that, I'm still playing Pokemon, uh, going through it. I'm really excited still for more Star Wars news to come out. Uh, I got time off requested. I can't wait to go see it. And Jojo Rabbit still nowhere in our area i just i just can't get over it <laughs> but with the with the time that graces me for my next day off i'll probably go see double tap Zombieland. land so i was gonna go see it but the stars didn't align for me so i will hopefully have details about that next time when we meet up sounds good yeah all right thank you everyone for joining us for the summit up podcast i will see you next time and uh John will hopefully, I'll, I'll I'll egg him into go seeing Zombieland and turning off his brain for a moment as we see Jesse Eisenberg kind of fumble his way through it. I need to watch the first one before I see the second one. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm sorry. I've disappointed you, Chris. It's okay. You said it's on Amazon, right? Yeah. We'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. All right, everyone. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.